everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. I am Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm sat next to my number one pod parcel tied up with string. Going to be the name of... John Maloney. Hi, everybody. And John, I bought a ticket to the world, but now I come back again. Why do I find it hard to write the next line? Oh, I want the truth to be said. Ha, 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 ha. I know this is episode 82. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I didn't know it until the, the chorus kicked in. That was a very special edition of True by Spandau Ballet from 1983. Letting everybody know that episode 82 is ready to come at you hard and fast. John, what's the first thing that you're going to say? Um, well, first of all, I wanted to say thanks to Spandau Ballet for giving us that very special version thanks, of the Ballet. song. And of course, um, one, at least one member of Spandau Ballet I know now uh, still lives in Berlin. And as I understand it, hand delivered that to you in an envelope. So thanks very much to them. The other thing I'll say is this. <clears throat> yeah, we. <laughs> it's like going to give some prepared remarks. <laughs> it sounds like there's been an incident that we have to, <laughs> that we have to address this now at the front of the show. We pride ourselves on this show. That's always how you begin, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you always, every, every, we, we have to start off the episode like, uncharacteristically forlorn. I go, <laughs> hi, John. Welcome, everybody, to Don't Praise a Machine. Uh, now, this is going to be tough, but it's necessary. Mm. Uh, and John's got something to say. <clears throat> Thanks, everyone. We we hold ourselves, as you all know, to very high standards on this show. And this week there's been an incident with Chantel and Colin that needs to be addressed. No, that's... <laughs> That some of you may have read about. <laughs> um, now, we've often remarked on this show about our uncanny ability to pick things that are in the zeitgeist before, <laughs> they, before they come to a head. And I'm talking about things like the Will Smith saga. We mm -hmm. were big on, big on Will Smith before the slap. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about Shaq before he came to Australia. <laughs> We talked a little bit about Maroon 5 before Adam Levine started sexting people. <laughs> we talked about the, the Summoning Man before the story yeah. broke. So I think it's um, I think we're a real tastemaker. But uh, we're in the we're in the thick of it. We're in the thick, in the thick of it of culture. We're we're a weather vane. We're like one of those American states that always decides whatever the whatever they decide is the way the election's going to go. Yeah. And in se in a sense this schlag that I'm going to give to you is a bit like that and it's a bit it's double pronged actually because we've talked previously on the show about James Corden. Yeah. But when we were experimenting with the idea of thread throughs and for those who haven't listened to those episodes <laughs> a thread through very briefly is a thing I made up where different you create a kind of movie plot line that provides a narrative through line for two different characters who've been played by the same actor, which makes them essentially, gives them essentially one continuous character plot line. So in this case, 
following a suggestion by a don't praiser by Seb. Yeah. Shout out to Seb. Shout out to Seb. We did a th- we did a thread through of uh, Jame- Dame Judy Dench's characters in Philomena and Cats, and we used that as an opportunity to hang shit on James Corden <laughs> uh, for his role in Cats, and just for him being him more generally. But- Perhaps we should just for anyone that doesn't know, James Corden is an English mm. man who yeah. is an actor and he came to prominence in the United Kingdom for a program that was called Gavin and Stacey, I think. That's correct. He was a character yeah. in that. And then yeah. somehow, which has always mystified me, uh, his mm. his career went from strength to strength, but he's now a late night yeah. talk show host in the US yeah. and has been for many years. Yeah, despite an evident lack of comedic talent or likability. But oh. um, anyway, fast forward a few months, we're in New York. We're doing a DPTM tour of the Big Apple. You and me, we're there. We're there, you and I, and we're traveling with uh, my partner Jacinta and our friend M. Shout out That's to right. both Shout of them. Out. Especially M. M's important to this yeah. story. Yeah. So she had done a little bit of homework and she looked at some cool venues in New York and I think she had a particular ulterior motive in this particular case, which was uh, to try and do some celebrity spotting. That's right. Uh, and one place where there's a reasonable chance you might see a celebrity over breakfast or brunch is uh, Balthazar. Uh-huh, Boulangerie. Uh, Boulangerie, which is in uh, in Manhattan. And so he went there. Jacinta and Emma, and you and I, and we enjoyed a lovely breakfast. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we didn't see any recognizable celebrities, but we did see lots of fancy schmancy New Yorkers, and we had a lovely time and a lovely brunch. And it felt like a bit of a a kind of a happening upper crusty sort of place. Yeah, and this was in this and was then, in Ju- this was in July this year. That's right. Yeah, and then a few months after that, like clockwork, a story broke <laughs> involving James Corden and Balthazar. And in particular, Keith McNally, who's a restaurateur who opened Balthazar in the late 90s, and he's opened a number of other restaurants in uh, New York. Keith himself is an interesting guy, actually. He's originally from Bethnal Green, which we've talked about what? very recently on this I show. Know, I didn't know yeah. he was English. Yeah, he's English. Uh, he's now in his early 70s, I think. So he's getting on a bit, but he's quite a outspoken uh, social media presence and he's yeah. a bit of a character. And he tweeted that he'd banned James Corden from Balthazar after a series of incidents of poor behaviour, where um, which led McNally to regard Corden as, quote, a hugely gifted comedian but a tiny cretin of a man, which I quite liked. <laughs> and I, I won't go through all the incidents chapter and verse, but just to give you a bit of a flavour, I'll take you through one of the incidents that McNally describes. So... He says that at one stage, Corden came came there with his wife and his wife ordered an egg, egg yolk omelette, mm. which I guess is an omelette, which is meant to just have egg, egg yolks in it. But there was, as one might expect, a small amount of egg white mixed in with the egg yolk and Corden was disgusted and he demanded that the dish be remade and given back to them at no cost. And it was remade, but it came with the wrong side. <laughs> And then according to McNally, James at this point screamed, fuck this, I'm going to do the omelette myself, and then said, it's cordon bleu time, baby, which I actually have to say is quite a witty 
pun to come up with when you're upset and it's not just off the cuff. But uh, then he then he says, then he pushes past the server and he starts proceeding towards the kitchen and uh, Balthazar's pretty densely packed sort of venue. So in, on his way, he pushes past various tables of other people, uh, you know, tables occupied by fellow diners. And one of the fellow diners turns out to own a service animal, a golden retriever, and the retriever is sitting in such a way that it's blocking James's path to the kitchen. And McNally reports that at this point, James shouted, don't you know I was in fucking cats? I don't want to have to see this. I despise service animals. Get out of my way. And starts aggressively shoving the dog. And then the dog responds by kind of whimpering and looking pleadingly at him, which is horrified onlookers, but eventually moves out of the way. And then James continues towards the kitchen, but he is obstructed this time by an, a rattan umbrella stand, which unfortunately had an errant piece of rattan that somehow latched onto James's belt and it caused his trousers to slip off. So that according to McNally, by the time he entered the kitchen, James was naked from the waist down. Uh, I'm not sure what the <laughs> underpants situation was because McNally doesn't go into that. But anyway, that's how he describes it. And then James proceeds to com- commandeer the kitchen space and after about 15 minutes emerges with what McNally, in fairness to him, describes as a admittedly pretty textbook omelette. <laughs> but it, it's an omelette which was made of both egg whites and egg yolks, which makes you question the utility of the whole exercise because you remember it was yeah, it was, it was spawned by, by him needing, needing to get the whites out of the yolks. And so that kind of makes you think, well, what was this all for? As does the fact that when he gets back to his table, still pantsless, he apparently just ate the omelette himself and his wife just sat there eating, drinking a Bloody Mary. So after that and a couple of similar incidents, McNally decides to ban Corden. And then the New York Times approached Corden for comment and he said that he didn't do anything wrong, although he did apologise uh, to his credit for manhandling the golden retriever. And he said that ever since he'd been in cats, he has a kind of visceral antipathy towards dogs, which he sometimes <laughs> finds, finds it difficult to control. And that's as far as I've, that's as far as I've been able to piece things together up till now. So, I mean, I guess I just would, would, would wanted to say that, you know, being a celebrity isn't easy and you know, James is under a lot of pressure and people look up to him and sometimes it's frustrating when a dog gets in your way when you're trying to get to the kitchen and and a rattan umbrella stand takes you rips your pants off so <laughs> so, <laughs> so i wish him the best we wish you the best james and we're disappointed that we didn't quite time our own trip to balthazar <laughs> To because yeah. what I would have given, what I would have oh, given, oh man, to have oh, been. Oh god, I didn't think it, of that. You know what? Um, we actually were our visit to Balthazar. I, I I've realised was sandwiched between the two that uh, that upset McNally. So we were there in oh, July. Wow. The first incident yeah. occurred in June, and the second mm-hmm. one occurred last month. So we were wow. between. We were sandwiched between the, the what I'm calling the Cordon Blues. <laughs> so we we just missed him. If we'd asked, mm. if we'd asked our server, if we had just said to that lovely girl that served us, if yeah. we said, 
who's the biggest prick that comes in here? She would have said, <laughs> James Corden. And we would have yeah. gone, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he seems so lovely and genuine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? I, that would have been a real bucket list thing to see somebody that we both have pretty d- pretty deep ill will towards just kind of cracking the shits at a waiter. But, yeah, it was that. There was that incident, which I admit I took some creative license with, but also there was, um, there was the, the other incident was quite similar, wasn't it? It was like they fucked up his order and he just, he apparently would do this thing, which, which all, which all people who, who, uh, have this horrible trait of speaking down to service staff do, which is that when the kind of higher ups would come out, he would sort of act like he was being much more reasonable, but it was just, you know, him and the server, he'd be like going to town on them because they probably couldn't, they probably didn't have the authority to tell him to go fuck himself. The fir- apparently the first incident which happened just before we got to Balthazar in June mm. is uh, when he claimed to have found a hair in his meal and mm. uh, then was extremely nasty apparently to uh, to the staff and started demanding free drinks in exchange for not leaving a nasty Yelp review. He was like going, he's like, he, he said something like, like, get us another round of drinks. And uh, this, this second. Yeah. 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 And I love that about him. There was that episode of Carpool Karaoke as well, where him and Taylor Swift were going through five guys before they got on the road <laughs> and he just lost his shit at the drive through. Yeah. <laughs> the bag wasn't half full with fries. <laughs> he said, I insisted that my burger be covered in several layers of fries. <laughs> uh, but he's apparently going to address it on the show this evening. Oh, is he? Yeah, because wow. he's, in, he's, in, he's in damage control mode. So it remains mm. to be seen. I guess Ellen survived because this has been compared to the Ellen DeGeneres saga because she also... Yeah, it is a similar vibe, isn't it? Yeah, she was outed as being fake because she on television has always portrayed this kind of goofy, fun-loving sweetheart, America's darling. And then it, yeah. it turned out that she was really horrible to people off camera. Mm. Similar to her, all these people who have been on and around the show have kind of come out of the woodwork to say, yeah, he's a dickhead. Yeah. And uh, when the cameras st- stop rolling, he just kind of, doesn't want to interact with the audience and apparently was making the uh, unattractive members of the audience or audience members at least he deemed unattractive sit at the back. Well, I didn't like, read that. I don't, I don't want to look at this guy. Somebody reckons they said that to about him to one of their one of his underlings, and then uh, they and then he had to move to the back of the audience, and then uh, and then there was this thing where. Him and I think it was Jimmy Kimmel were playing a kind of, you know, drink or dare game or something like that. Yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel said, name two of your cameramen. And he was like, oh, I think there's a different crew on tonight and couldn't name anyone that he worked with. Yeah. So saw, so he's a great guy. I saw it as well. There was, there was a great, um, I'll see if I can find it while I'm just looking here. There was somebody, here we go. Uh... This was from, I actually read this on Reddit a few years ago. There was a Reddit thread some years ago that was also mm-hmm. saying that he was a dick. 
<laughs> where is it here? Uh, I'm guessing this is an AMA where he did it. He didn't ask me anything. So, yeah, so he okay. was there and somebody called Wu-Tang Tacos <laughs> wrote, hey, James, you won't remember me, but my friend sat at a table next to you and Harry Styles plus some <laughs> others in Manchurian Legends in London's Chinatown about six years ago. We didn't bother you, but you were a massively entitled cunt who yelled and treated the wait staff like shit. And then when <laughs> one of my party politely suggested you calm down, you got really aggressive and threatening in a chubby way like a boozy panda. <laughs> so my question is this: Why did Harry seem so cool while you were such a massively, th- while you were such a massive throbbing bell end? <laughs> wow, I think it's this. This is a thing where he's always projected this slight air of in- inauthenticity, and your one of your favourite comedians and mine, Limmy, the Scottish mm, comedian, Brian Limond, does a little two minute breakdown of why he doesn't like James Corden, which I think was is really on the money, where he just kind of does this hilarious impression of his kind of fake over-the-top laughing and yeah. the, the way that he's kind of has this like try-hardiness around celebrities and stuff. He's always got this edge where you think what you're getting is not the real James Corden. Yeah. So it just is kind of irresistible when things like this come out of the woodwork. Have you seen that footage of him with... Uh, Star Trek legend Patrick Stewart at an awards yeah, show. Yeah, I sure have. That's great. <laughs> Which is from some time ago because he looks much mm. younger, James Corden. Mm. And uh, I think Patrick Stewart just gets up to present an award and then chastises James Corden for like, I think he was out the back or at, at, when he wasn't doing his own presenting, it sounded like he was just kind of on his phone looking disinterested and I guess Patrick uh, Stewart yeah. took issue with it and found it disrespectful and then used his opportunity when presenting an award to begin the presentation by just telling James Corden that who stood behind him and then James Corden mm. gets up and they have a bit of back and forth that has mm. that kind of energy to it that it looks like it could almost lead to blows. Which is- mm, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's really like seething and you can see that James Corden is sort of <laughs> trying to control his temper. Um, anyway, so we wish him the be- the very best. We look forward to, we'll report back after his uh, Mia, Co- I, I have no idea what he's going to say on the show this evening. Yeah. But I guess he'll survive. I guess stuff like this just gets pushed under the rug after it's in the media. For, I mean, like I said, Ellen's still on TV. It's um, true. But Maybe it gives you a sort of puts you into a sort of probationary zone where if something else then goes wrong, then yeah, you, exactly. You, you take more hits. You just go, I'll never do this again, and then you just don't, and everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always love. Yeah, we we mentioned him before, I think, because he had he had <laughs> you, one direction. You mentioned him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because he had One Direction at his wedding and he was like mm. a 30-year-old man and he had these, because it's just celebrity world, he just had yeah. like four boys that he'd met through <laughs> celebrity world a few weeks earlier at his yeah. fucking wedding. Which Who I just were like, thought, yeah. These are, now just, these are now just my besties and it's got nothing to do with the fact that they're famous. Yeah. They're just, we just really connected. I just have 14 boys that I just met come to my wedding. <laughs> Totally normal. (laughs) It actually makes me think a bit less of Harry. I mean, I didn't have the highest opinion of Harry Styles anyway. I don't know much about him. 
But uh, yeah, I'm but reach, he certainly I'm, seems I'm more likable to me. But I'm questioning you, Harry. Like, if anybody mm. behaved like that, if that Chinatown story is true, mm. I would not for a second put up with that type of person ever again. So I'm calling on Harry Styles to explain yeah. why you're why you're co-signing this behavior. He should be boycotting, coming out and boycotting James Corden. Yeah. So we call on Harry Styles to mm. to disassociate himself from mm. James Corden and we look forward to that happening this week. Ideally write a song about it. So, John, let's go back to a segment we haven't done for a few eps. We're going to do mm-hmm. a Dutchie's Hot Tips. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, great. I'm, I'm lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Yeah. What am I going to do? Dutchie's Hot Tips. Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? It's been too long. It's been too long. People out there in the DPTM community... They need advice. They want mm. to make sure their life is following the right path. And I'm here to they've, steer you back on it with some hot tips. They've lubricated their keyholes. They've, <laughs> they've, they've ordered their steaks. And now they're going, what next? They've ordered their steaks. They've ensured that they have all of their beans dried and ready for the end of the world in doomsday <laughs> prep. They, and now here's another. Now I got a hot social tip, uh, which oh. is always always real really popular. So I celebrated my 40th birthday earlier this year, as some don't praise Urs will remember. Mm. And one of the challenges that I faced was that I was going to be hosting several events over three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to include all of my beloved besties and I even had mm. some family over over the mm-hmm. course of a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday birthday weekend. And yeah. I th- and what always happens in these kinds of situations is you just you want to make sure that all the people that you want to be at these events get invited and you yeah. want you want to make sure that nobody gets left out. I'm sure people who have weddings face this challenge and it's much more that the Mm. the stakes are much higher for a wedding obviously but Mm. I I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't forgetting anybody so what I did was I made a spreadsheet and Mm -hmm. over the course of a couple of days I just wrote down as many names as I as I could and I thought Mm. yeah these are the people that I want to make sure are invited and it came in very useful actually because even after the first the first time I did it, I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got everyone here. And then I noticed a couple of days later that I had actually forgotten a couple of people that were really important to me. And it's just because yeah. I think when you're putting these kinds of friendship lists together, you're often, yeah. you're often, you often, the way your brain works is maybe you think of the first 
person that you think has to be there. Maybe it's your best friend. Mm. And then you think, mm. oh, who's their partner? And of course, mm. then their partner goes in. And then you think when you're almost doing this unconsciously and then you go, yeah. oh, your brain goes, when did I last hang out with them? And who else was there at that gathering? Oh, it was all these people who are also my best friends. And who are their partners? And so you start to do it by yeah, association. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But then what can happen is that if there's somebody who's perhaps left Berlin or maybe mm. they're just from a different social circle, mm. uh, perhaps you don't get them in the first round because your brain mm. hasn't made the association and you've got so many names to do in that first round. So yeah. it, took a couple, it took a couple of days before I really felt like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is, this is everyone. This is comprehensive, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. Everybody that I felt like really needed to be at the various events were there. Mm. And I thought that's going to be the end of the list. But then what I realized is that as time went on, I've found that there've been a few other little things that have required me to reach out to people socially. Mm. And I've gone back to the list because the it's basic, it's basically a master list mm. of all the people in my life that are important to me. Mm. And I'm absolutely loving it. I don't have any more of the anxiety that I used to have about like <laughs> missing out on inviting people to things. I sometimes check the list and go, now who is it that I haven't caught up with recently that I need to reach out to and yeah. do a little bit of social maintenance. I'll reach out mm. for a coffee and I'll just mm. go through it and I'll write some names down. Yeah, And I'm saying to people, if anybody out there wants to partner with me, on an app, then I'm ready to create something yeah. amazing. Where I'm thinking basically this is how it could work. Mm. Maybe I go out for, so you got your master list. That's the first yeah. thing you need to do. And yep. then you get home from a night out with like, three of the friends on the list. And yeah. then you basically want to decide how you felt mm. about mm. the three people and how they performed socially <laughs> so what you i'm thinking you know john i'm a massive fan probably of, market this to the ccp when you're done <laughs> it's very close to that yeah exactly yeah yeah you know i'm a, when you're talking about ux design you know i'm a massive yeah. you know i'm a massive fan of sliders i love yeah a, sure I, I love a slider so i'm thinking <laughs> you get home from drinks out with bob billy and brett and you yeah. feel like Brett was a little bit of a Debbie Downer. And yeah, yeah. To be honest, you'd be think you'd been thinking recently that Brett wasn't really bringing a lot to the table. And so you <laughs> get home and you open mm. the, open the app and you give the first two boys. You really push that slide. You click and you drag that slider to the right to the green mm. area. To let, maybe it goes from red to green. Red to green. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much, much, it's that's what I'm thinking. So you go slide it over for the first two boys to say I had a really good time with these two, and then the app knows to push yeah. them up, push them up the ladder, keep them up yeah. the top, like a like a sports ladder, like a sports league mm, pushes them yeah. right up there, and then highest rated friends, highest rated friends, and then yeah. poor, and then poor old Brett, you click yeah. the dragon to the left, you're putting him down in the red, and maybe. Yeah. And then it's maybe even presenting a little sad face to let yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that Brett's really goofing up this relationship. <laughs> and, then, and then maybe you can look back at previous encounters and yeah. think, fuck, I've given Brett a subpar rating 
three out of the last four times we've caught up. Maybe it's time that he goes on to a sort of gets relegated down to a different league of friends. Yeah, they could. I'm thinking there could be a line, or again, like a sporting league. There could be a line mm. that divides the teams that are going to make the finals by those mm. that don't that will not be able to compete in the finals. So poor Brett. He's get he's yeah. almost he's almost the wooden spooner this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then it's like getting the arsed out of the Premier League. If you win, <laughs> if you lose the wooden spoon, then you're fucking out of the whole thing. <laughs> you're relegated. Yeah. Then then you're only gonna get invited to something if like, I don't know, if I'm inviting three hundred people to it, maybe yeah, you'll yeah, get yeah. a shot, Brett. <laughs> but <laughs> stop stop bringing the negative energy for God's sake. It's on yeah. you. And so, mm. I'm, and so that's what I'm thinking is I could really use some sliders for my yeah. – Some sliders and some rankings for <laughs> – That sounds that sounds very healthy. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, I, I did, I did um, experience this anxiety myself very recently because I, when, I was in the, when I was in Europe, particularly in the UK, I had the exact same problem where – Oh, yeah, you're telling I, me. I, I know a lot of people from London. I know some people from Oxford because I, I lived in both for a, kind of a couple of years apiece. And uh, and they, some of them are work friends, some of them are study friends, some of them are former housemates, some of them are friends of my brother. So my brain doesn't really connect them easily in, in exactly the way you describe because, you know, you, you sort of try, you have to kind of jump from one circle to another circle and and yeah that's right figure it out and so i always have this anxiety that i'll be on the plane leaving europe and think oh fuck my best friend <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll just mortally wound the friendship because he'll be like why didn't you tell me you're in london like yeah. we've been chatting for years about how much we wanted to catch up <laughs> He'll, um, he'll, and he'll be like, oh, he'll say, I just forgot. He'll say, I don't have an app. But we we had some texts back and forth while you were in London. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have come like perilously close to this happening. You know, like I'll sometimes do a coverall where I'll just say on Facebook and that's even that's not going to be as effective now because a lot of people aren't on Facebook as much anymore or at all. But, you know, you could just say on Facebook, hey, everyone, I'm in London, give me a shout. And then somebody will come out of the friends list and say, hey, man, that sounds great. Like yeah. I didn't know you were around and I'll think, oh, shit, yeah, I should see this person. And uh, And I'm always very glad I did, but somehow my brain betrays me. It, yeah. And so for me, that app would be would be excellent. And also, the thing that it could do is, I, li- I actually quite like the idea of rotating people so that you are constantly, you know, you're not letting it, letting too much time pass. So you, you might, get reminders. It could say you've yeah. not you've not seen Porgy for yeah. you've had no interaction with Porgy yeah for three months. Yeah. You know, are you interested think, in maintaining shit. a relationship with Porgy or do you want to let him go? Click, yeah. let go, delete. <laughs> Just delete from this. It brings up brings up a little 
a little image of them center screen and then you just click delete and then it just fades. It's got a little <laughs> picture of their face smiling and then next to it, it's got a little trash can and you just <laughs> drag their face into the trash can. And, and as, as you hover the face over, as you hover the little head over the trash can, the smile just turns to a little frown and then you just <laughs> let them go. And then much like when you drag an item off the task bar to delete it on a Mac, there's just a little poof of smoke, a little cloud of poof, (laughs) and Porgy is gone forever. And you never never think of Porgy ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking this app is going to be called Social Sliders. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm also thinking of just... (laughs) I'm thinking of also just doing another segment on Don't Praise a Machine regularly, which is just called What Needs a Slider? And then just coming up with various apps that I want to see sliders on. Because what I really want, another important slider for me is going to be, you know, when I'm creating a virtual companion, I need a slider to, uh, to... to decide on the gap between the woman's eyes. So I really want yeah, to just yeah, slide yeah. so that she be... basically looks like an ant. <laughs> you'll, be calling, you'll be calling the programmers and saying, is there any way that you could do some mods on this? I'll say. So that I'll her say eyes that... are like touching at the back of her head. Yeah, I would like her eyes to be above her ears, please, on the side <laughs> of her head. <laughs> <laughs> think. I want you to think Mina Savari, but times ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so, if anyone yeah, out there, it's a great idea. Yeah, if anyone out there has any ideas for features that we could add to mm. social sliders, please write in and let us know. Or if you have any particular apps in mind that you think need a slider, let us know, and we'd love to mm. report about that. I'd love I love to think about the kind of edge of anxiety that it would bring into everyday social interactions where you would think, <laughs> fucking hell, I better bring my A game, otherwise I'm gonna get I'm gonna get red slided tonight. Um, or you come yeah. home and you think, oh I should have just not gone because I was a bit tired after work and I and now I'm gonna get these shit house ratings. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna get dragged to the bin. before we go this week john i thought you mentioned something to me when you were in berlin and i thought Mm. this will make a good album of the week recommendation for people to dive mm. back in and if you don't know this album kids out there then get back into it and that is don't praise a machine album of the week music recommendation 1998's white ladder from david gray mm. yeah because i was playing yeah. it in the house and you yeah. said what did you say i said who's this and i thought it might have been david gray and you confirmed that it indeed was and it was like I had one of those experiences where you think several songs that I have liked that I have that I've only been dimly aware of, but every time they come on, I just think, oh, this is a nice track, have all been by David Gray and all from the album White Ladder. It's crazy, yeah. And I also wasn't sure like whether he was, whether it was okay for me to like him or whether he was a bit too kind of 
uh, beige adult contempo. Uh, but the fact that you were into it gave me permission to embrace my love of David Gray, and I thank you for that. Yes, I've just been I've been buying up all the David Gray merch since I got back. I insisted <laughs> on a David Gray poster in our bedroom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, got white ladder. Actually, white ladder would be quite good to have on vinyl. But, yeah, man, um, pick it up. And I was telling you that I'm workshopping opening a. Vietnamese restaurant and David Gray listening bar because I was li- I was reading a broadsheet article talked previously about the review of broadsheet on the show which uh, which was talking about the so-called listening bar Japanese inspired listening bar scene in Australia now I don't think there really is a scene I think it's probably about four venues across Australia and broadsheets reaching at straws but if there is I'd like to add my own and I was thinking about calling it this year's lab, which is uh, <laughs> a pun on David Gray's classic, this year's love. And then we could serve up hot bowls of lab and uh, just have, have a kind of listening bar slash Vietnamese restaurant experience. Absolutely. I, th- I want to also give a shout out to my cousins, uh, the Neats and their mother and father, Michael and Margie, because that was the first family that had this album that was playing it oh. that I, I can remember. I think they must have been in the old Croydon house in Adelaide and they were uh-huh. absolutely slamming White Ladder by David Gray. <laughs> I think maybe Margie bought it. I'm, mm. I'm thinking, shout out to Marg. I think she had David Gray's White Ladder on compact disc and I was like, man, this is a jam, this album. Yeah. Um, it was recorded. You like you enjoy this, John. It was recorded in his bedroom in Stoke Newington in 1998. What? So it's not a wow. studio. It's not like a professional studio album. He recorded it right. uh, in his house. And apparently, I listened, but I couldn't hear for it on my first listen through. Apparently, yeah. on, apparently on Babylon, there is a car driving past the house that you can hear because oh, wow. because of the street noise and. Um, <laughs> And I think as of 2015, I think this is correct, I think it's the highest selling album in Ireland of all time, hmm. which is wow. mental. Yeah. Uh, and Number two is probably Garth Brooks, I imagine. It's Garth. It's Garth. <laughs> they haven't, yeah, they just, they have an unusual, they pick unusual musical heroes, the, uh, <laughs> the Irish. They just go, yeah, David Gray and Garth Brooks. <laughs> uh, and apparently it's the UK's 26th best-selling album of all time, which is crazy. It's still pretty good. Yeah, far so, out. So, man, Babylon, Please Forgive Me. Mm. Mate, get it. Kids, if you haven't heard David Gray's White Ladder, you go and pop that on your Spotify streaming right now. You listen through, write us an email at don'tpraiseaol.com. Tell us how yeah. it changed your life and what decisions you're going to make that's going to change the path that you're on moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> or if you hated it, we want to hear yeah, about you hated that it, too. Let us know that as well. Yeah. Um, can I do one more quick thing? Yeah, go. So while well, I went to a party last weekend and one of the invited guests was uh, my cousin Connor and I wanted to do a quick shout out to cousin Connor because... Uh, people who follow us on Instagram will have seen a recent story about bootlegged merch mm. uh, coming into existence, and that was his brainchild. He's he's got a little, I think it's like a kind of um, vinyl cutter 
device that you'll know more about these things than I do, but it allows you to make cool sort of decal style stickers and T-shirts. And he's been experimenting off his own bat, I might add, with some excellent DPTM designs in it. That party, he uh, he gave me a DPTM sticker, which I stuck up on my fridge. In fact, two, which I've now stuck up on my fridge. And he's been awesome distributing them to a couple of other don't praises. Uh, and that's the kind of grassroots support that we really value here at DPTM. So, yeah, so uh, I was very excited to see that when he first uh, showed me a photo of that on his BMX. He's riding around country Victoria displaying a sticker that says I'm a DPTMer <laughs> and I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much Connor. They're awesome. I've I've really enjoyed seeing uh, seeing seeing the our, our first merch drop from mm. from a fan. That's so cool. Yeah. And I would just encourage anybody else if you're not if uh, if you're not as handy with the vinyl cutter as Connor, just get a just steal a can of spray paint from Bunnings yeah. and just head down to a public wall that gets a lot of mm. foot traffic and mm. just tag on up there. Just right. Mm. Just right. DPTM thinks all cops are bastards. And then <laughs> Exactly. And then Yeah, or just DPTM and a hammer and sickle. Whatever yeah. you like. <laughs> yeah. Um and just and then obviously include our Instagram or yeah, put our uh, handles, put our socials on there. Yeah, just just put how just put you need a hot schlag exclamation point and then <laughs> put our social media accounts, please. I think, I think when when I go to a pub in Brunswick and I go to the men's room and I see that scrawled with a sharpie on the back of a men's room door, then that's yeah. when I know that we've really hit the groundswell. For a good time, call DPTM. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 82. Don't praise the machine. What an episode it's been. We've loved talking about James Corden and his altercation with New York Boulangerie, Balthazar. We wish you the best, James, with those Corden blues. We've loved talking about Al's proposed social ranking app, Social Sliders. Why don't you write into DPTM and tell us what aspects of your life you feel would be approved by a slider? We've loved recommending 1998 classic album, David Gray's White Ladder. Let go your heart, let go your head and listen to it now. And we've loved letting you know about the first drop of Black DPTM merch coming at you from DPTM and Connor. Thanks very much, Connor, and everybody else out there. Get out your Sharpies and your spray cans and go berserk. As always, I've been one of your hosts. My name's Alexander Holland, and I'm always sat digitally next to my number one pod piper. He's gotta be the one called John Maloney. Thank you so much, John Maloney, and we'll see you next week at the podcast. <laughs> Podcast.